Hey everybody, it's Brock Falk, and I want to thank you for listening to this message from Heritage Church of Christ. We would be thrilled to share more content like this with you and make it easy for you to share it with others. You can find more messages like this on our podcast, or you can download our smartphone app by searching for Heritage Church of Christ in your app store. But most importantly, I hope this message encourages you to take a next step toward a thriving relationship with Jesus. Enjoy. God is doing in our lives and in our surroundings. You know, for those of us that are followers of Jesus, we we take it as an article of our faith that God is actively involved and at work in our world. We believe, we confess our conviction that God is a God who cares. We believe that God has promised that we won't go through life Alone, But the truth is that even though that's our conviction, even though we have that confidence, the truth is sometimes God's activity in the world isn't obvious to us. Sometimes what God is up to, what God is doing in our life is not obvious to our human perception. Sometimes we might attribute an action to God and then get it all wrong. That wasn't God's doing at all. Sometimes we might just as easily fail to recognize when God is intervening and acting right before our, li- our eyes. It's easy for us to get it wrong. This has always been a challenge for humans. In Isaiah chapter 55 in the Old Testament portion of the Bible, the prophet quotes God saying this. God says, my plans aren't your plans, nor are my ways your ways says the Lord. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my plans higher than your plans. It's as if God is leaning in to Isaiah and giving him a hint saying, I don't behave like you think. I don't react like you expect because I'm not like you. I'm different than you. And if you think about it, it makes perfect sense that humans would be unable to naturally understand God. After all, would it make any sense for a goldfish to understand the world outside the bowl? It makes perfect sense that we would struggle to understand God's action and intervention and purposes. This limited creature obviously can't comprehend the entirety of the creator. But there's another conviction that we have, another article of faith that we carry with us as believers, and this conviction is that our creator wants to be known. We have this conviction. We've been told by countless people of faith over thousands of years, people who have gone before us, and we've been told by Jesus himself that our creator wants a relationship with us. And so that means that somehow, some way, even with our limitations, even with our smallness, somehow we have the capacity, we have the opportunity to learn to recognize God in our midst. God doesn't want to hide from us. But understanding what God is doing, understand what God is saying to us, requires us to learn to be 
receptive. And it just doesn't come naturally. You know, chances are that in your career or in your hobbies, the ways that you spend your time, along the way you've learned a thing or two that have helped you to recognize some things that amateurs don't see, right? I've, I remember all of those appointments that we would go to when my wife was pregnant with our children. We would make these, you know, have these appointments with the ultrasound lab and the sonographer, and I always remember being amazed at how those trained technicians could look at those black and white splotches on that screen and see something that they recognized. I remember being amazed that they could distinguish between all the body parts that were showing on the screen. Other than the shape of the baby, my, my amateur eye didn't recognize anything in that picture, but those technicians had prepared themselves. They had dedicated themselves to the craft. They had studied, they had figured out everything that they needed to be able to reference and utilize as landmarks to be able to recognize what it was that they were seeing in the picture. They knew exactly what they were looking at every single time. If you're a teacher, you know the feeling. Because of your years of experience and your keen instinct in the classroom, you can recognize immediately when a child in your class is struggling, can't you? I mean, that, that kid may be lonely, they may be hungry, they may be tired, they may be confused, they may be frustrated, they may be struggling with a learning disability, but as a teacher, you can always tell when there's something off with one of the students in your class. And there might be other adults, untrained, unexperienced adults who would show up and look at the behavior that you're seeing and they might just see apathy, they might just see disrespect, but you see a clue about what that student needs to have a good year, don't you? Because you've learned to see it. You've trained yourself to be receptive to what's happening in that environment. The same goes for nearly every other job or pastime. If you love to fish like I do, then you probably learned a thing or two along the way about where the fish are most likely to be. And so when you go to the lake, you're not just casting at random. You're noticing features of the shoreline, features of the water that are telling you where it's most likely that you'll be successful. And what all of those people have in common, from the medical technicians to the teachers to the people who like to fish, is their ability to discern what they're looking at based on the preparation that they've already done. And I believe that our hearts, if we're to recognize what God is doing in our lives, if we're to recognize what God is up to in our midst, our hearts have to be prepared. We have to train our hearts to be receptive, to correctly recognize what God is doing. And Jesus illustrated this beautifully. Jesus told a story about this kind of cultivation, this kind of preparation. In fact, the story is a very simple story about a farmer that was scattering seed at the beginning of a growing season. We're going to read the story together from the book of Luke, but this story is actually recorded in three different books of the Bible. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all retell Jesus's delivery of this story. And in Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 5, Jesus told the story like this. He said, a farmer went out to scatter his seed, and as he was scattering it, some of that seed fell on the path, 
on the, the road, the walkway, where it was crushed and the birds in the sky came and ate the seed, he said. And some of the seed fell on rock and as it grew, it dried up because it had no moisture. And other seed fell among thorny plants and the thorns grew with the plants and choked them out. And then in verse 8 he says, Still other seed landed on good soil where it grew, and it produced a hundred times more grain than what was scattered. And then Jesus said this. He said, Everyone who has ears should pay attention. Now this is a simple story. I mean, this is a really, dare we say, it's a boring story. I mean, it's a retelling of where, how somebody went out and threw a bunch of seeds on the ground and some of it grew and some of it didn't. This is a really everyday, basic kind of story. And farmers do this all the time, especially in that day and age with the lack of technology. People scatter seed during planting season, and it's most efficient to broadcast it liberally rather than to spend the time going through and digging holes for a whole field full of wheat, just to broadcast it liberally around the area where you hope that the crop will grow. And you hope. You hope that a high percentage of that will take root and will grow, all the while realizing some of this seed is going to land in places where it just isn't going to grow very well. Jesus was not saying anything in this story about planting and harvesting that his listeners didn't already know. They already understood how planting and harvesting worked. They already understood you can throw seeds anywhere, but it's the condition of the soil that receives that seed. It's the condition of the soil where that seed lands that predicts what growth is going to happen. But then Jesus added that tagline at the end. Everyone who has ears should pay attention, he said. We can assume that everybody who heard him that applied to. He throws in this tagline and he's hinting at a deeper meaning to the story. He's inviting the listeners to lean in. He's inviting them to pay closer attention to the story that for them seems so obvious. Of course, this is how planting and harvesting works. But he's inviting them to lean in to pay attention to a deeper meaning of the story beyond just the obvious agricultural details. And Jesus' closest followers pulled him aside. And they asked him for some clarity. What was that about? What was that story all about? What lesson were you trying to teach? Usually when you tell one of those little simple stories, usually there's some profound lesson behind it. Jesus, this time, what were you trying to say? And this is the explanation that he gave them. Same chapter, Luke chapter 8, verse 11. Jesus said, the parable means this. The seed that's being scattered is God's word. This is what God has to say. And the seed on the path, well, that represents the people who hear God's word, but then the devil comes and steals the word from their hearts so that they won't believe 
and be saved. He says something happens to them. Something happens to the seed where it just never has an opportunity to take root. It gets snatched up before that can happen. And then verse 13, he says, the seed on the rock, the seed that landed on the rocks, well, that represents those who receive the word joyfully. They listen to what God has to say, and they're impressed with that. They're excited about that. When they hear it, they're joyful about it. But he said that seed has no root. That seed doesn't have any potential. Those people that are represented by that soil, they believe for a while, but then they fall away when they're tempted, he says. And then in verse 14, he says, As for the seed that fell among thorny plants, well, that represents the people who go about their lives and they're choked by the concerns, the riches, and the pleasures of life and the fruit of that plant, the seed that was growing there, just never matures. But that fourth soil, that fourth landing spot, verse 15, the seed that fell on good soil, he says, well, that represents the people who hear the word and commit themselves to it with a good and upright heart and through their resolve, through their commitment, they bear fruit, he says. When Jesus tells this story and he recites the, or, or explains the meaning to his disciples, he's sharing with them a spiritual reality. He's trying to tell them God's always trying to get people's attention. God is always at work trying to speak. God is always at work inviting us to walk with God through our day. God's always speaking to us, Jesus would say, but sometimes our hearts just aren't receptive to what God has to say. You know and I know communication is a two-way street, right? Communication takes a speaker and a listener. It takes interaction between two people. There are some people who are going to be fully engaged listening to a message like this, and, and there's going to be some people that are going to be thinking about what's for lunch. That's what, how communication works, right? It's a two-way street, and sometimes we can't, sometimes we don't want to hear God's invitation because our focus is elsewhere. You know, when we think about it, if you think about it, we, we live in a time, we live in an era when information and inspiration about God are more readily available than ever before. With just a few taps on your mobile device, you can access the most inspiring resources ever developed to help you in your spiritual walk. You can download the Bible straight to your phone in any translation that you like, and you can use that in, a, in concert with guided reading plans that will walk you through the scriptures and explain everything that you're reading as you go. It'll take you through God's written word at an easy pace, and it'll help you to comprehend what it is that the scriptures say. Through a few taps on your mobile device, you can access the most uplifting worship music. You can let God's glory 
just continue to be your focus through the music all day. You can discover some of the world's most inspiring preaching and teaching, and you can listen to some of the greatest communicators share moving messages about God. You have access in the palm of your hand to virtually all of the world's books, which means there is no shortage of access to resources out there that can help you grow your faith. But you and I know that even in this era, even in this time, with all of the abundance of spiritual growth resources available, most people aren't experiencing a whole lot of spiritual growth. And in this parable from 2,000 years ago, Jesus is telling us why that's the case. He said, it's just like when a farmer goes and sows seed on the ground and gets different results from different surfaces. We can have access. We can be on the receiving end of all sorts of great spiritual resources, and God could be speaking to us through a megaphone, but if our souls aren't ready to accept and embrace what God has to say, there won't be any growth. Over the past few weeks, Sarah and I have been overhauling a flower bed in the front of our house. We've done lots of digging to do some sprinkler repair and to put new plants in the ground. And with every shovel full that I dig, it gets more and it seems to be more and more challenging because the soil at our house is made of such hard clay. It's, I mean, it's like digging into rocks. In fact, the soil is so dense and so hard, it's practically impenetrable. It doesn't absorb water well, and it's all but impossible for plants to put down deep roots in that kind of soil. So our yard and our flower bed, those aren't the kinds of environments that are conducive to healthy plant growth. But what we've had to learn over time and the work we've had to put into it is that if we want anything to grow in our yard, if we want to see plants that have the chance to thrive, we have, the, we have to do the hard work of preparing the soil. We have to amend the soil. We have to cultivate the place where the plant is going to be planted, where it's going to be sown. We have to create the kind of environment where that growth can happen. And in this parable that we read together this morning, Jesus is telling his disciples, the human soul can be a lot like the Polk's yard. The human soul can be a lot like that area with all of that thick, hard clay. The environment just doesn't naturally lend itself toward healthy growth. And Jesus is describing this reality that says life is filled with all sorts of obstacles that can get in the way of spiritual formation. Think about the items that Jesus listed as he described how the different soils corresponded to different heart situations he talked about how our souls are vulnerable to disappointment and discouragement in this life that can just come and swoop in and just steal our faith away and stifle it before its roots ever have a chance to get deep enough. Jesus talked about how we're susceptible to temptation in this life and it can act like a poison and it can stunt and stifle any progress that's happened in our spiritual walk. As if that wasn't enough. Jesus said, we're surrounded by distractions. We're people who are surrounded by the distractions and the cares of this life that seem to be so important, seem to be so enticing, and they can draw us away, steal our attention away from what's most important. And what all that means, all of that put together, what that means is that the environment and the culture and the spiritual reality that we live in, they're naturally inclined to prevent you from growing in faith. 
from growing as a disciple. There's all of these forces that are trying to stop you from making progress. There's all of these forces that are trying to prevent you from connecting with what God wants for your life. But God keeps speaking. God keeps calling out. The Word of God keeps being scattered onto your life and with some preparation, with some cultivation, with some careful attention, the soil of your soul can be transformed into the kind of environment where growth can happen. But you got to pay attention. You got to pay close attention. In fact, that's one of the marks of a disciple. One of the things that identifies a disciple of Jesus. It's not that disciples are people who have all the answers. It's not that disciples are people who have reached a level of extreme righteousness. It's not that disciples are people who have reached some level of supreme spirituality. It's simpler than that. A disciple is someone who's trying to overcome the discouragements and overcome the temptations and overcome the distractions in their life in order to follow Jesus. A disciple is somebody in the midst of all of the distractions, in the midst of all of the discouragements, in the midst of all the temptations. A disciple is somebody who's trying to cultivate the soil of their soul so that the Word of God can create growth. A disciple is somebody who's making it their daily priority to be available to God. Somebody who's making it their priority to be tuned into God. Somebody who wants to be receptive to God so that God can bring about spiritual transformation in our lives. So how do we do that? How do we make ourselves more available to God and more receptive to spiritual growth? I think it starts with asking ourselves honestly, with asking the question, who's discipling us right now? Who already has our attention? Who already has our focus? And the reality is that for nearly every one of us, there's something, somebody that's pouring a message into our lives constantly. Uh, you know and I know that for a lot of us, it's, it's, it's our favorite news network. For a lot of us, it's our preoccupation with our own hobbies and pastimes. It could be our favorite radio station that's constantly constantly playing. It could be the social media, the, the influences, the voices that we're listening to. It's any number of things, and, and it's easy to make a list of some usual suspects for that. But the reality is we're all being discipled by something. We're all listening to voices that are getting the attention, getting the priority in our schedule, in our time, in our lives. We're all being discipled by something and a disciple of Jesus is somebody who's clearing the path to make way to be discipled by Jesus. A disciple of Jesus is somebody who's making the space. 
who's slowing down, who's creating opportunities to listen to what God has to say. And so this morning, I just wonder for you, what would it take for you to slow down enough to listen to God? What would it take for there to be a moment in your day, a moment in your routine, a moment in your schedule on a regular basis where God has access to your heart? Because the reality is God can, God can do a lot with a little. God can do a lot with a little. But we got to slow down. If we want to see what God's up to, if we want to hear what God has to say, if we want to notice what God is trying to do with our lives, we have to stop and we have to look and we have to listen. We have to slow down to notice what God's up to. And I know, I know that almost sounds cliche, but I'm here to tell you I think it's the secret it's the secret to spiritual transformation. It's the secret to giving God access to our hearts, slowing down and listening to what God has to say.